You're listening to Simperts Wellness, episode number 143, and today we're thinking about all things below the belt. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa. This is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy today. We're talking about the eight myths associated with the pelvic floor. Guess all things below the belt. Now, we have guest expert Mary Ellen Reeder on, and she was already on episode number 108, where we talked about the proper way to do Kegels for men and women. Now, that was such a popular episode, and we started talking about the pelvic floor, and I started to experiment with the product that they founded called the Yarlap. And I really wanted to have her back on because it has been such a transformational thing in my own life. I'm going to share my quick story in just a second about using the Yarlap and what I found. But before I get there, I just want to fill you on on what we're going to talk about today. So Mary Ellen Reeder is co-founder of the Yarlap, which is technically a medical device that is does Kegels for you. Um, it provides women a gentle and effective Kegel workout with six clinically proven programs. And it really is such an easy and effective tool. And she really has become a pelvic floor expert. And I wanted to have her back on because I feel like there are so many questions about the pelvic floor. It's something that we don't talk about a lot and yet is a foundational component in health. Now, we're going to talk about this in the show, but there's something fascinating that I've been learning lately, and I think it will help pull together why this is such an important topic. So our pelvic floor is obviously kind of at the base of our midsection. It holds our lower extremity with our upper extremity, right? Like it's a pivotal point in our body. And what they're finding is that this point in our body, when it's weak, creates bad posture. And this bad posture, along with um, incontinence and sexual dysfunction and all these other things, but this bad posture is actually affecting the energy that's going through our organ systems. Now, that's just a little brief snippet. I'm going to give more details of what I'm learning in the show notes and about how so much energy is leaving through our feet um, and how all that energy, if it was used by our organs, could really create such a huge change. So inside the show, we're really going to stick to the eight myths of the pelvic floor that you need to know. And we're going to talk about things like Kegels, sexual function, um, incontinence, testimonials based on the Yarlap, and so much more. So you're going to want to stick around for the show. It's a lot of fun. We talk a long time it's because Mary Ellen's like a good, become a good friend of mine. And I really, really, truly believe that their product can change so many women's lives. So I want to share my little story with the Yarlap. And I want you to know this is absolutely not sponsored. These are all of my own opinions. And I really just love it that much. So the Yarlap, obviously I've had three kids, two were vaginally, one was a cesarean section, and that is hard on anyone's pelvic floor. She explains what the pelvic floor is inside the show, but rather than suffering from incontinence, yes, I had some of that as well, I was suffering from extreme back pain, right? Like I couldn't quite get my posture right, Uh, I was slouched over a lot, and I felt like I had absolutely no core strength. Of course, I was doing all the things like planks and um, squats and all the things that are supposedly supposed to help and even kegels, which I always say wrong and I'll probably say wrong inside the show too. So just bear with me. But I was talking to a physical therapist about some of my back issues. And if you've been following me, you know, I had a lot of lymphatic issues going on too. And he said that so many women and men do kegels wrong and it's really ineffective. And so he said one of the best things that you can do is to 
find a device that actually does it for you or at least measures the strength in which you're contracting that Kegel. So anyways, long story short, I ended up running into Mary Ellen and finding the Yarlap, the product that really is the, it's the auto Kegel. It does it for you. And it really has changed me. So after just a month of using the Yarlap, I found that my back pain significantly reduced. In fact, I would say it borderline went away and I was actually able to sit up straighter without all the work. Now, I tell you, it was a lot of work to sit up straight. You're like, you don't think it is. But every time my mom would yell at me or poke my back and tell me to sit up straight, like it was physically exhausting for me to sit up straight. Like I felt like I never quite had the core strength to do that. Not to mention, I had a lot of bladder issues and bladder drop and other things. So once I started using the Yarlap, I felt like not only did I get more control of my bladder, but my posture significantly, and I say significantly improved, and my back pain went away. I mean, it was really, really crazy. Inside the show, I'm going to ask Mary Ellen some of the testimonials, but just reading some on their website, like the Yarlap is not just for sexual function, although it can greatly help that people who have pelvic pain and all the things, but it aligns your entire body because it is the core central point of posture. And that posture changes the way our body functions. I mean, it is incredible stuff. So I get super pumped about this. If you're not into the pelvic floor, you know, just just ignore me. But I'm super geeking out over this stuff, mostly as it relates to the posture position and so much more. So I'm going to try and break this down in another solo episode I do. But I wanted to get Mary Ellen's take on this again. And just to tell you that outside of anything and any advertisement, the Yarlap is an amazing tool. And I believe that preventative, even if you haven't had kids, um, aren't going to have children, Um, just as women, I think we need to take better control of our pelvic floor and we just don't have a lot of resources to do that. And we're not told really how to do that at all. And so doing something for your pelvic floor can make all the difference in your health long-term and pelvic dysfunction is not something that we should develop even as we age, which spoiler alert is one of the myths we're going to talk about inside the show, but it's great preventative. It can help so many functions in your body and really just help maintain health in general. So check out the Yarlap. That's yarlap.com. I'm going to have a coupon code. So use yarlap.com backslash simple roots. If you use, if you want to get a Yarlap, she did give me a special code just for you. So you can use the code Alexa. That's A-L-E-X-A at checkout for 25% off plus free shipping. I'll have all of that in the show notes, which is simplerswellness.com backslash 143, but use code Alexa for $25 off, which is pretty incredible, and free shipping. I mean, it's super awesome. So make sure you check that out. And Mary Ellen is the sweetest. She has talked to so many of you already on the phone about problems and how the Yarlip can help. So if you have questions, please reach out. They are an amazing company to work with. Just a small dad-daughter company, and they are just really great people who are changing the world of pelvic health, and they've won so many awards. I'm just gushing over them majorly because it is such a great and awesome tool that I think so many people can benefit from. So try the Yarlap. You can use code Alexa at checkout for $25 off and free shipping. All the information is in the show notes at simplerswellness.com backslash 143. Now let's get right to the show. Welcome to the show, Mary Ellen. This is round two with us, and I have been so excited to have you back on the show and talk about a subject that I really do love. I don't know, like I get giddy about this subject of the pelvic floor because it's so like such a huge problem, and yet one of those things that 
I feel like as women, we just, and men, like we just kind of don't talk about it or just accept the fate of whatever is wrong with our pelvic floor as normal. And it is not. And you're the perfect person to break that down. So welcome to the show again. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. And yeah, I'm so excited to be talking to you about this because I feel like we can go back and forth and it's just basically we're just preaching to the choir with each other. (laughs) Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And like I said in the intro, I have been using your product called the Yarlap. And, you know, this is not a sponsored podcast at all. I legit just love it so much. And it has totally changed my health for the better and so many things. Um, It's been transitional in my life. And I think that that's a huge misconception, which is what we're going to talk about today is all these myths that we have to do with pelvic floor dysfunction. And it's, it's something I kind of always knew about, but it wasn't until like you totally enlightened me on the subject. And I started to really experience health. Like, why does it take experiencing true health for us to recognize how bad it was in the beginning? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I totally understand. I, and I think that, um, women, we basically are just kind of like in this and we're basically just told like, this is how it is. Roll with it. And so we don't realize that something isn't normal until we're kind of at the, at the very, very bottom. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so much better to do it preventatively, even like everything is, right? Like, so even if you're not there yet, like the preventative mechanisms of dealing with the pelvic floor is huge. So later on, there's not more and more issues. So brings me to point number one. I just want to clarify that pelvic floor dysfunction is not normal. It's not even something that you should expect to happen as you age. So I want to dig into eight big myths about the pelvic floor dysfunction and how we can make it right again. Now, before I... We get there. You were on another episode, which I'm going to link up in the show notes, talking all about pelvic floor dysfunction and what it is and how we can get it and really ultimately how we can fix it. We're going to take a deeper dive, but I just want you to clarify again in case people missed that episode or new here. What is pelvic floor dysfunction and how is it affecting our body? So pelvic floor dysfunction is a really broad subject in my area of like my area is the urinary incontinence part. And if you have pelvic floor dysfunction, go to your doctor, talk about it, um, open up that conversation. But when it comes to like urinary incontinence, which is a very common one, which is where you have little bladder leaks unexpectedly or when you don't want to pee, you pee. And that is from a weakened pelvic floor muscle. And so when your pelvic floor muscle weakens, if you kind of think of your pelvic floor muscles like a hammock that run around the pelvic bone, everything starts to sag. And so your body, your bladder, your uterus, and those visceral muscles or visceral organs start to fall on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And your bladder's at the very bottom of that. So when you laugh, you sneeze, or you cough, you put a lot of pressure, and that pressure just squeezes the bladder, and you pee a little bit. Others are like urge incontinence where you have like your muscles are atrophied, they're weakened. And so the nerves around it basically just randomly spasm and you leak yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to go and you pee. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's incredibly common. Um, Urinary incontinence affects one in three women. It's so, so common, but it's not normal. And I think that that in the previous um, episode, we talked about it and we really got into there's a big difference between normal and common. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. Um, And I think that this area, this subject is like one of those things where for women, it's a big, big 
issue where common is not normal. Right. Yeah. And I love how you said that because it is so true. I think it just becomes one of those things as women we expect to happen, especially after we give birth or as we age. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like it shouldn't. Now, when we attach this to the whole body before we get into the mist, like the pelvic floor is attached to so many different organ systems, really the entire kind of nervous system. Like I feel like some of the things that I noticed was my back pain went away. I feel like um, like the mom pooch that you you know like your quote unquote stuck with for the rest of your life has significantly gone down like no amount of crunches was going to fix that but i found that strengthening my pelvic floor has like pulled everything together and not only like helped my bladder but i feel like so many other things like even my lymphatic flow has changed so can you give us some like linkage to what you know about how this is not just affecting incontinence and sexual health but so many other things yeah, absolutely. So um, I work with Yarlap. I'm one of the co-founders, but my dad actually is another one of the co-founders. It's a little daddy-daughter company. <laughs> and he is um, a medical, a pure medical journal um, referee, and he's also a writer. And he, um, in one of his articles, pointed out that the pelvic floor is so much more than just bladder control, mm-hmm. right? There's so much more that comes into it. There's the sexual benefit of the orgasm, but it's also postural. So your posture, um, weight distribution. And if you kind of think about your body um, and you're looking at it front view, your pelvic floor muscle is kind of like um, holding an arch together at the very top. Mm. And when that gets weakened, it kind of lets go. And your back then, in turn, tries to compensate and and put all that load onto the body by holding it together. And so then you all of a sudden have, sometimes people have like unexpected back pain that they just don't know what happens. And they have a few bladder leaks, but they have like back pain. And then your back gets so tired that it can't do it anymore. And that gives way. And then your knees are the next thing that have to hold all that, that load, that structural mm-hmm. load. So you get, you get, you know, knee pain and then that gives out ankles and, and you don't think that the pelvic floor muscle plays a big part in postural health, but it really does because that's the part that it holds everything together. It's the muscles that, you know, are tied all through zigzag through, um, your, your pubic bone. And it's kind of holding that structural load together, evenly distributing all of that weight Um, And you want to make sure that it's toned and that it's strong so it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me. And I could really dig deep into the subject about how the nervous system, like I just am really, and I know everyone's like cringes when I talk about the nervous system, but like how powerful that is on all of our body. And okay, I'm only telling you this and I know we're going to get to the miss, but recently I'm I'm telling you this as a friend because I think you're going to find this fascinating as I did. There's a ton of research coming out about how much energy we're losing through our feet because of bad posture. So like, you know how um, like a lot of our meridians end in our feet and why our feet are such a critical component of our health. You, have you right. heard all that, right? Okay. Yeah. So there's like this new, there's new studies coming out about 
how bad posture has affected our our feet in such a way that we're losing so much energy out of our feet that we're depleting the energy from our organ systems because a lot of our organ systems, meridians go to our feet, right? Like this whole nervous system component. And so like think of like people's thyroid health and even sexual health and um, heart health, right? Like all those are connected from our feet all the way up to our organ systems via the nervous system. And the research is showing that we're depleting energy that could be from going to our thyroid and going to our heart and all these other organ systems of the body. And they're actually leaving through our feet because we're having such bad posture on them. Um, and so like bringing the connection back of like, I feel like so many people, men and women have such bad posture, myself included. Like I'm learning this as I'm going through a ton of treatment myself, but um, and one of the reasons I, I feel so much better now that I've used the Yarlap and strengthened the pelvic floor is simply because I feel like that posture has helped me to maintain my energy where it should be going rather than letting my nervous system kind of deplete it all based on just poor health. Like, right, like our pelvic region is like the central, like it's around our midsection, right? It's a holding everything together. Right. Um, I'm like sitting here cheering. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm like literally cheering. Isn't that crazy though? Like, I mean, I feel like it's like, fascinating research because we know that like on the earth, our feet touch the earth and we get so much energy based on our feet alone. When people, you know, used to walk around barefoot, why they had so much more energy than we do now. But like now we're losing so much, like depleting just so much through bad posture, which makes so much sense. And then anytime we deplete it through poor posture or um, like bad walking stands or, or whatever, right? Like that's depleting our organ systems. Like, I think it's hard to correlate. Like, that posture can be anything. Like, it's kind of like our thoughts. Like, we just think they're, they're these random things in our in our mind, but they're really having a massive impact. And I just want people to grasp for a second the massive impact that poor posture is having on our body. And I'm the queen of slumping. <laughs> like, my mom's always like, sit up straight. You know, like, she'll come and, like, poke my back. Now, I will say that, like, since I focused on that, like, I have noticed a huge change. And I think that's one of one of the values of this. And today we're going to talk about pelvic floor more like urinary continence, pelvic pain. But I just wanted to throw that point out because I think that I thought it was so fascinating. And I'm sure being another science junkie, you thought it was fascinating too. So oh yeah, 100 percent Like, and it's it's crazy that um everything connects. Everything's yes. interconnecting. And but like we all we all think of it as like compartmentalized. But everything just works together and there's reasons for that. And it's just crazy that, you know, um, they have like all these studies that are coming out now that tie everything together. Mm -hmm. And I I just, I love it. Yeah. I think it's just definitely where it needs to go because compartmentalizing things that we just have these systems is such a narrow minded view of how the body actually works because there's not one system that works alone. Like it's all interconnected and the posture is directly related to our nervous system, which really controls everything. So super fascinating. Okay. That was my little nerdy moment for the day. <laughs> now let's get to the myths because that's what people are expecting. Anyways. Okay. So myth number one, this is a really common one that urinary incontinence is normal after childbirth and even as we age. So break that one down. <laughs> so that's a false myth. <laughs> so, um, false the urinary incontinence, again, it's common, it's not normal. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why um, I think that it kind of comes about after childbirth and as we get older. And I think it's because we start to realize, hey, I'm peeing myself and this isn't normal. (laughs) But 
so many women of all ages get it. I mean, I have friends who are in my 20s, and it's actually really common to get it in your 20s because the weakening of your pelvic floor starts in your 20s. So by the time you're in your 30s and you're told to do Kegels, it's really, really hard. And oftentimes, it's almost impossible to do them self-taught. And you have all this pressure from the baby, from pregnancy, from nine months on the pelvic floor. And then you go through childbirth. And as we all know, that's a lot of of pressure on your pelvic floor right there. And, And so... A urinary incontinence postpartum is very common, but getting that treatment, doing those pelvic floor workouts um, is, is very crucial. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not normal. That myth of having urinary incontinence be the new normal after postpartum or as you get older is false. It's all about strengthening and toning that pelvic floor muscle, and you want to isolate those muscles and work them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's big. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how you can do that at the end of the show. We're just going to break down the myths first before we get to like the nitty gritty. Here's how to do it. Because I do have some questions about it now that I've been doing it for a while. So myth number one, it's not normal to have incontinence after childbirth or as we age. And I love that you said just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Like I think that is like the big point in all of this. I love that quote so much. Yeah. I tell that to everybody because I I talk to a lot of the women who, who call us and they're like, well... I know that this is normal. I'm like, let me stop you there. I'm like, no, that's not normal. It's just really common. A lot of your, your, a lot of people that, you know, friends, family might have it, but it's not normal. And it's not something that you should live with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we've kind of twisted urinary incontinence into this idea of like, this is my new normal. This is my new thing. I guess I'm just going to have to live with it. And trying to change that mentality is really hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's super hard because like you said, we've normalized things that shouldn't be normalized. And we see this across the web of health. Um, and this is a really big one. And I mean, you go to any trampoline park and all the moms are sitting on the side laughing about it, right? Like, <laughs> but it's not, it's, yeah. again, it's like we're trying to normalize something that is really an uncomfortable thing and that women don't want to deal with. And it's not just women, it's men too, but we're going to get to that. So myth number two Pelvic pain and pain with intercourse are normal. And I hear of this, I feel like I've been more aware of the amount of women who struggle with pelvic pain in and out of, you know, regardless of sexual intercourse or not. Like there are women who have severe pelvic pain. Oh, yeah. Um, Again, common is not normal. So if you have pelvic pain or pain with intercourse, you need to go to your doctor. You need to talk to them. You need to open up that conversation, even though it's, really uncomfortable and it's weird and it's deeply personal. And I know that you probably don't want to have that conversation, but if you have pelvic pain, you got to go see your doctor. Okay. This is a probably a really dumb question, but I'm not one that has ever struggled with pelvic pain. Like I know my pelvic dysfunction comes out in like back pain and things like that. But what, like, what have you heard of is pelvic pain? Like what, what is that like? Like how would someone know that they had pelvic pain? You know what I'm saying? A lot of people describe it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've heard it basically being like it's needles. I've heard it being saying that it's being like punched all the time. I've heard it's like cramps to the extreme. And I've heard it's like searing pain. Um, and I think that pain for anybody is all different and it's all very personal. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling something that's like a little off or it's uncomfortable and it's in your pelvic region, like go to your doctor. It's better to be safe than to be sorry. Right. And 
just to have like that pelvic pain. And if you have that diagnosed, you've got a you've got a starting point of mm-hmm. where to fix it. And you need to like, I can't stress that enough that you need to go see your doctor, open up that conversation, um, tell them what you're feeling. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Um, like let it all out. Like just be as, as detailed as possible. And if it makes you feel uncomfortable, like just kind of swallow that and, and just do it. Have that, have that talk. Right. And I feel like this is really common with uh, sexual intercourse. I feel like a lot of women probably struggle with pelvic pain and maybe are uncomfortable or embarrassed about it. But okay, this is another question that came to mind. When people like cyclically, right, when they get cramps, are there cramps? Like if you have pelvic dysfunction, are your cramps technically worse? Or do you feel like that's just all hormonal anyways? I feel like that's just different person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that some people who don't have pelvic floor dysfunction have like the worst cramps ever. So that's probably but, more hormonal than dysfunction. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's my personal opinion on it. Um, I know that I know some people who have um, pain with intercourse and there's a, there's new and they thought like, you know, sex is out. I'm never having it. And there's actually like all these new um, gadgets and toys that are coming out Um to help with pain with intercourse because mm-hmm. it's actually a lot more uh, prevalent than you think. Right. Just nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But, but you even hear yeah. about it monthly when women have to use like, um, you know, tampons or menstrual cups or something like that, that that can be a very painful thing. So this might be more information than people want to know, but what, what is causing that? Like, is it literally like just the collapse of the muscle or like, why is there pain with pelvic dysfunction? It can be a wide array of issues. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I can't like diagnose anything and I can't speak like an expert on pelvic floor pain. So for everybody who's, who's going to, you know, whatever I, um, I, I know that for some people, um, pelvic pain can sometimes be related to cancer. Um, it can be also with like hypertonus, which is just a really, really tense muscle, Mm, a pelvic floor muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people who have had hypertonus and for them, it was just like sex was impossible because that muscle is in their words, clamped shut Mm -hmm. Uh, and they sometimes don't have control over it. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes when they're stressed out, it's not. And, um, they all, I, I, I tell them everything, um, is the same. Just go to your doctor, talk about it. Like, your doctor is there to help you. You just have to re- relay all this information and right. get get personal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you said, it's not normal. Okay. Myth number three, pelvic floor dysfunction only happens if you're a woman. False. <laughs> <laughs> well, pelvic floor dysfunction can happen if you're a man or if you're a woman. Um, we both have pelvic floor muscles and sometimes those pelvic floor muscles don't work how they're supposed to. And it can happen if you're a man or a woman. And if you have that pelvic floor dysfunction, you think you do go to your doctor. Um, what are some symptoms in men? For men, a lot of urinary incontinence is one of Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that guys actually have it. They don't have it as high of a rate as, um, Mm -hmm. as you know, women do, but they actually do have, urinary incontinence we can all do kegels doesn't matter mm-hmm. and um and yeah so pelvic floor dysfunction can happen if you're a man or a woman um you have bladder leaks you know we ed that mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah probably postural stuff too so really similar to women we just don't think about it in men because they're probably even more quiet than women are right about like it who too. wants 
and I think that that's the whole idea is like, who wants to go to the doctor and say like, I pee mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. on a regular basis and I'm wearing diapers or mm-hmm. I'm wearing pads or, you know, something like that. It's so embarrassing, mm-hmm. but when you get personal and you get, you know, deep into this conversation, there's just a better, better communication, a better diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. Myth number four, Kegels, Kegels. I always say it wrong. Kegels <laughs> will cure all of your pelvic health concerns. <laughs> no, I, I wish, but no. Um, In Kegels, fact, most people do them wrong, right? Like, let's right. just be. Yes. No, I, that's actually really um, fun fact. Well, not so fun fact, but <laughs> um, there's like a study that says like well over 50% of women cannot do Kegels correctly. Um, even when they're given written instructions. And it's because those muscles are so hard to isolate on their own that we end up using different muscles or the wrong muscles or um, we're just not doing them, but we think we are. And then we blame the kegels because they're not doing what we're supposed to think that they'd be doing. Mm-hmm. But it's in reality, it's because you're not using the right muscles. And um, so that it's like this whole vicious cycle. Uh, and I always like, I don't know if you've ever seen Bridesmaids, the movie. Yeah. But you know when, like, she's on the airplane and he's like, you need to leave. And she goes, he's like, you have three seconds to get back there. And she's like, well, you already set me up for disaster. Yeah. I literally, whenever somebody's like, I'm trying to do kegels on my own, like, I, that's what I think of is that scene. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But it's just so hard for us to do kegels because you have to do them so many times. And you have to use the specific muscle. And you have to isolate that muscle inside of you. And it, it's it feels like we are basically set up for a disaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, it's not something you can just like have a trainer help you with. Like, I mean, it's like the muscle group that you can't see. Right. Exactly. Because it's, it's tucked up inside of you. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, Kegels is not a cure for all pelvic health concerns. It's really good for preventative health for like stuff like urinary incontinence um, and making sure that you're able to relax and clench on command, which helps with, you know, birth, for instance, being able to relax your muscles on command. Um, that kegels kind of help with that, but they're not a, they're, it's not a cure-all for mm-hmm. pelvic health concerns. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, that's the thing that we're told most often to do um, without really any direction. I feel like um, there is direction, but it's, like you said, it's super hard for most people to follow. Right. Okay, myth number five, all pelvic health dysfunction is caused by a problem in the pelvic floor. No. So, so um, pelvic, pelvic health dysfunction can be a lot of different things, right? Like you have like sexual health pelvic dysfunction, and that can be, you know, from your pelvic floor health, but it can also be psychological. Mm. Um, a lot of times you can get up in your own head and that causes a whole separate array of issues. Um, and even with like urinary incontinence, for, ish, for instance, um, that is very hard on your psychological well-being because mm-hmm. um, depression, you have a higher rate of depression if you have urinary incontinence because, and it, and it makes sense because you basically think like, I'm the only one who has this problem. I have to live with this forever. There's no um, immediate cure for it. And, like, this is my new state of being, and everybody's going to make fun of me if they know that I have it. And it kind of makes sense that you isolate yourself, um, and you get depressed, and um, all these other sort of things that happen, and it can be it can be 
um, psychological, but it can also be uh, nerve damage as well that mm-hmm. you have down there. Um, and that can, that can uh, cause, you know, problems um, with pelvic health as well. And I think that if you have something that you think is wrong, again, go talk to your doctor, um, open up that conversation. Like I cannot stress that enough. And I feel like a lot of people are wary about it or they're like, or they roll their eyes and they're like, what are they going to do? They're just going to tell me it's normal. But like, if you like sit down and like, listen, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. This is how long it's been happening. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Um, And you get really not gory, but you get real graphic, like paint a picture for them. Mm -hmm. It's your doctor. (laughs) Right. What, what do you feel like? most doctors know how to treat pelvic floor dysfunction or do you feel like, like, is there go-to kegels? I mean, I guess I haven't ever gone in and said anything about it, but you know, like, I feel like after having three kids, one with a C-section, like, I feel like my pelvic floor was kind of destroyed and I was just told to do kegels. And so, yeah. So yeah, they're the the frontline treatment is kegels and they're like, well, do it on your own. You know, Uh here's pamphlet or here's, some, but we have a lot of people who, um, we have a lot of doctors who, uh, recommend the Yarlap for instance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're doing kegels, you can also find trainers who will do them for you. Like Yarlap, there's, you know, an array of things that you can do. Um, but definitely make sure that you're trying to take care of yourself in every way that you can. And I am a firm believer of, talking to your doctor and, and mm-hmm. opening up that conversation. Cause I think it's really, really important that everybody's on the same, everything, everybody's on the same wavelength. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to kind of, that's, I think that that's the best form of treatment is when everybody is in communication, everybody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Myth number six, there's nothing you can do about small leakage or incontinence. False. <laughs> this These is are like, all false. <laughs> everything. Um, no, so this is false. Like, um, if you pee just a little bit, that's still incontinence. Um, I know that some people are probably like, no, it's not, or you know, mm-hmm. thinking, oh crap. But uh, it is. If you have any kind of involuntary leakage of urine, it's incontinence. Um, that's like the definition of it. <laughs> you just don't want to call it what it is because it sounds yeah. so much worse. Yeah, and. And if you have it, it's okay. It's treatable. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we are, um, it's going to sound like a massive plug for like Yarlap and I'm very sorry, but like we have a lot of people who um, use the Yarlap who try to do kegels on their own and it's just so hard to do it on, on your own, self-taught, isolating the correct muscles, doing all of that. And um, they basically just use it 20 minutes and then they're done and they can't believe like how fast it is for treatment. Mm-hmm. And there is something that you can do um, when it comes to incontinence. You know, pelvic floor workouts work. I think one of the latest results is like it works 80% of the time if you're able to do that. Um, if you're able to do those those workouts correctly, you you can do something about it because it is treatable like 75 or 80% of the time. So what are the cases when it's untreatable? Like have you have you found someone like it's too far gone or nerve damage or like or do you yeah, really find so, yeah um no for Yarlap we've been we're very very proud of our results um because we're one of the we're um actually able to treat people who have you know light to severe leakage because we do the entire workout for you it doesn't matter if your muscle is um 
too atrophied. So mm-hmm. like it's too, uh, too weak to get that signal from your brain because the RLAP puts that signal in for you and it does everything for you. You don't have to do the workout with it or anything like that. You just put it in like a tampon and let it do its thing. And, um, so we haven't had anybody who, um, who has had to, you know, um, been too far gone, but there are cases where, um, you know, there isn't anything that you can do, um, besides surgery or pharmaceuticals. And that's, um, you know, that's, that sucks. Yeah. Right. Right. You don't want to get it that far. That's why we're talking about preventative ways too. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. And I think that like, you know, as a, as a preventative measure, doing Kegel is making sure we have a lot of people who use the RLAP as a preventative measure. Cause they're like, I've seen my mom. Mm-hmm. I know what's <laughs> like ahead if I don't do this. And, um, I love talking to people like that because they're taking self care to like a whole new level, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's so great. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a lifetime of health, right? Because even if you haven't had a child yet, I mean, strengthening your pelvic floor is only going to help in the process and the aftermath. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. I mean, it changes the game, right? Like, it's always yeah. better to do something right than to try and fix what's wrong. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. like, in everything in life. better than treatment. And, yeah. like, it doesn't even matter if you've had a kid or not. Um, we have people who are, like, athletes. And that repetitive motion of running or jumping or anything like that can actually wear down your pelvic floor muscle. And a lot of people don't realize that if you're a runner, there's a high, there's a high rate of incontinence with Mm -hmm. running because that constant pressure putting down every time your foot hits the ground is it wears down on that pelvic floor and you got to keep it tone. You got to keep it strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense. Just the jarring of it um, Mm -hmm. in general is it's tough. Like, like, right. So like when we look at the pelvic floor, this kind of going, going backwards to the beginning, like it's literally holding up like your sexual organs and your bladder and things like that. Right. Like it's holding yeah. it steady. So when you're it's running and you're wearing on that, like it could sag essentially. Yeah. 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 Okay. Making sense. Okay. Myth number <laughs> seven. We've kind of already busted this, but I want to bring it up. The pelvic floor muscles are only about sex. No, big <laughs> NO. So i um, like, I think that we said like before, like, the pelvic floor muscles are not about sex, just sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's where we read a lot about it, you know, in like um, big time magazines, they're like, do your kegels because it'll be better in bed. So I think a lot of that is um, associated with sex. And also, you know, Kegel himself in like the 1950s associated um, those exercises with sexual performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it does make sense why people think it's only about sex, but it's so much more than that. It's about bladder control, your overall health, posture, all of it. It's all intertwined because that pelvic floor is, it's a very important part of, um, of your health because it keeps everything aligned. It keeps everything in place. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even going back to sex, like we say it's only about sex, like it's a bad thing, but like just the health functions of like a woman orgasming is massive for her (laughs) I mean, her mood, um, like the oxytocin that's released for hormonal flow, like so many things, right? Right. Like all the good things. Yeah. I feel like when people are like, it's only about sex. Well, that is like a really great big thing. So (laughs) it's really great for your health. Like, I think it's this taboo thing, but I mean, really, like there's so many health benefits, hormonal benefits that we see from it too. Okay. So when we go back to just about sex and like we talk about the sexual organs, like 
what is, have you seen any research on like infertility or trading fertility by strengthening the pelvic floor? Like, is there any correlation to having a weak pelvic floor and being unable to conceive? There was actually, um, I think for a really long time, there was this idea that, um, the idea of the orgasm, because the same muscles that contract during orgasm are the same ones that contract during your pelvic floor workout. Mm. So a lot of, I think that that's why a lot of people assume that it is with, that it's all about sex Mm -hmm. Um, because those muscles are so closely linked. Your clitoris runs along the pelvic floor muscle. So it's all about muscle memory. Um, But a lot of people thought that the reason that women had orgasms is for an evolutionary idea of sucking up sperm because it's like a contraction, a pull up feeling. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people thought that that was the reason that women had orgasms was because we're sucking up sperm to have babies. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when people are trying to conceive, they're told to do, to try to make sure that their pelvic floor is in shape. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, being able to relax and command postpartum. You want to make sure that your pelvic floor is healthy to keep that baby in place, all these other different things, um, because it's lying on that pelvic floor for like nine months. You want to make sure that that it's not getting too worn down. And, um, but I don't know anything in specific about, um, rates of fertility with the pelvic floor. I, but I know that um, a lot of people believe that the reason that the orgasm is there is because it's to suck up sperm mm-hmm. to conceive. Right, right, which makes sense. Like it helps with the transfer of it. Yeah. Okay. I feel like the human body is super fascinating. And like every time I learn about this, like just the um, the amount of things that have to be right for a woman to actually conceive is incredible that there are even children on this earth. <laughs> right. right. No, I mean, I, crazy. Okay. Yeah. Myth number eight, the final myth that we're going to talk about today is kegels should be easy and done as often as possible. Yeah. I mean, self-done kegels all day, every day, right? Right. Um, it's kind of a saying, please don't do them all day, every day. Right. But <laughs> we have some people who like, um, it depends on how you're doing your kegels. So if you're doing them by yourself, you know, we, I'm all for doing them at like every time I'm at a, I'm at a stoplight or I'm at a stop sign and just doing like quick, 10 quick kegels, you know, mm-hmm. at every single stoplight. Um, you want to make sure that when you're doing them, that you're doing them correctly. And I think that that's a really big glazed over um, topic is that you're doing them correctly. You're not initiating your thighs. You're not initiating your rear end or your abs, because if you're initiating any of those, there's a good chance you might not be isolating the entire pelvic floor muscle or you're only initiating part of it or none at all. Right. And, um, so when you're saying like, make sure you're doing your kegels, make sure that you're doing them like correctly. Um, because if you're not, then you're just clenching your butt or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know what I mean? And that happens a lot more than you think about. And before I had done the yarrow lap, I actually realized that I was just clenching my butt for like, 20 minutes straight. And I was like, well, that's not going to do me right. <laughs> That's not, what have, what have I been doing? No, that's not doing me any good. And, um, but if you have like a trainer, like the Yara lap, you're not supposed to use it more than once a day, once a day. And then you're done because it literally does everything for you in one workout. Uh-huh. So, um, there's, there's a whole idea of how to do kegels, the correct work rest ratio for them. Um, and I think we could, to that a little later, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, kegels should be done 
they should be, they should be easy. Um, do them as often as possible, but don't overwork your muscles. Right. Because it is a muscle. It's like any other muscle. Like you can exhaust it too and cause yeah. more damage than good. And I think it's really hard. It's a hard line because you want to, you're like, am I using the correct muscle? Well, if I'm using the correct muscle, am I doing it too much or too little? Like what, what's that like fine number? You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's, it's really, really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, when I started learning about pelvic floor dysfunction, like I have a therapist, a physical therapist friend, and he was the one that kind of brought it to my attention about how many women struggle with this and like how many knee issues and hip issues and like basically every issue he sees could probably be linked back to pelvic floor dysfunction. But for him to just tell people to do kegels is it, it's kind of um, a double edged sword because most people aren't doing it well and then they're exhausting other muscles and Really, the only way to tell is to use an external device that can do it for you. No, I'm not saying you can't do it right. Like, but I think that there is training that's involved in it. And I think it is, it's a hard, I, I think kegels are harder than, they should be easy, but I think they're harder to actually do right than we, than we want to believe. Oh yeah. I agree. I yeah. So for someone who doesn't have like an external device, like we're going to talk about how, what is the right way to do a kegel? So the right way to do a Kegel is um, you want to make sure that you're relaxed, obviously. And um, this is just how I think it's the easiest. Um, if you're like sitting or standing or you're lying, make sure that your knees are slightly apart. And what you're going to slowly do is you kind of think about slowly tightening your pelvic floor muscles. A lot of, a lot of people think of um, like a string attached to your pelvic floor muscle and you think about pulling it up mm-hmm. and you slow, you slowly squeeze it and it should be like an, a, a squeeze and up movement, a clench up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you want to make sure that you hold that clench for five seconds, relax it for five seconds, and then just keep kind of doing that over and over and keep repeating that. Um, and make sure that you're, you feel I think it's the easiest when it's like you feel like there's a string from the top of your head down to your pelvic floor muscles and you're kind of slowly pulling that, that string up, holding it for five seconds and then releasing it, pulling it back up and then releasing it. And you kind of want to perform that exercise at least three times a day and you want to do that. I know that sounds terrible, but for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good luck. Like, yeah, that's, that's daunting, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, but like you want to, you want to make sure that you're doing that and you, and you're repeating that, um, over and over again, you can do them in, in cycles of 10 or in increments of eight, but you want to make sure that it takes about five minutes if you're going to do them three times a day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's hard. It takes a lot of concentration and you want to make sure that you, again, are not squeezing and tightening the muscles in your back, your thighs or your rear end. Um, because if you are, you're probably initiating and engaging the wrong muscles Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get the benefits that you're looking for. Um, and so really make sure and to focus that you're using the right muscles. Um, and I think that that's, again, it's so much easier said than done. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just always been such a battle for me and that's why like I went to an external device, like we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but it really did change the game because I just felt like I could never get a handle on kegels. Now I did do 
like some research on doing squats a certain way and like that can tighten those muscles. But again, you have to do the squats repetitively because it's consistency that's going to strengthen that. So outside of like doing kegels, what are the top three, like, I don't want to say that yet. What are some other ways that we could strengthen the pelvic floor? Like, is there like a certain type of crunch, um, planks, squats? Have you, have you read anything else that works? It's weird. So I have read that like performing all of those things actually can wear down your pelvic floor muscles. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so because it's like that constant strain. Right. And people don't think about that because you're like, okay, well, if I'm doing a squat, I am, you know, making my, my butt look good. I'm making, right. you know, my thighs look good. I'm getting everything in place, but it's actually really strenuous on your pelvic floor muscles. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to do that, make sure that you also are doing your Kegel exercises alongside of it. And I think that that's why everybody, all your doctors, all your PTs, everything will, everybody will say, do your kegels. And it's because it's not just an in bed exercise. Mm -hmm. It also should be done like when you're at the gym or something, because it's just as important to be toned on the inside as it is to be on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Makes total sense. I mean, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about the ER lab. Because, like I said, this is not sponsored at all, but I just really feel like it's made such a value in my life and so many people's lives since you've been on the show last. That's why I wanted to bring this up again, because it is a foundational tool that we can use that doesn't require us doing any kind of crazy work on our own, right? Like, this is really doing the job for you and seeing massive results from it. And I'm, I'm saying, like, really big results can be seen. And maybe I'll have you share a few of the testimonials you've seen I already shared mine, but like talk specifically about why the Yarlap makes a difference in pelvic floor dysfunction. Yeah, well, thank you. That's <laughs> something really nice of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the Yarlap, the great thing about it is that it takes all of that guesswork out. Um, for me, I was not sure if I was even cor- correctly using the right muscles. I don't know if I was doing it for the right amount of time. Turns out I was doing neither of those correctly. <laughs> and that's like the beauty of the Yarlap is for me, especially like when I did it, I thought, oh my God, wait, what's happening? Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden muscles in my body were moving and they were muscles that like I had never felt before, to be honest. Right. And I was like, oh, like this is what is supposed to be happening. Like this is what a Kegel is supposed to feel like. It's so much different than what, <laughs> what right. I originally been doing and it takes all of that all of that guesswork all of that wondering if I'm doing it correctly am I doing it for the right amount of time am I working resting it correctly you know because even when you're doing squats or something you were like hold 10 seconds rest right. it's hold 10 seconds and for the kegels I'm like am I is that the same is that the same like idea hold 10 seconds rest 10 seconds like what am I supposed to do and so when when there was the design of VR lap it was okay, take out all of that guesswork, clinically preset everything to do all the the clinically proven work rest ratios to get the best outcome um, in the quickest way without like any guesswork. You just basically put it in, turn it on, find the contraction level that feels right for you, and then like just sit down and watch a TV show. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's like, exactly what I need because – I'm not like the most athletic individual, um, especially when it comes to pos- like, am I doing it correctly? Am I initiating the right muscles, like squats or whatever? I'm like, am I like, is this right? Is my knee bent to right. the correct 
Well, like I always, I overthink it. Uh-huh. Um, and so the great thing with VR lab and the design of it is it like, it takes out all that worry and everything because it's doing everything for you. It's, I don't have to think about it. It turns itself off after 20 minutes. Like I'm done mm-hmm. and I don't have to do it anymore at stoplights or at stop signs. Like I'm, I'm, done. I'm good. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> covered. Yeah. That's what I feel like it's made a difference in me and I don't even do it every day anymore. I don't know if I should. Um, so like after, after the treatment, it's just a maintenance thing. So you can do it like once a week, once every other week, um, whatever you want, as long as you kind of, it's like any other muscle you want to make sure that once you get that tone that you're looking for, you maintain it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work as hard because you, you've already got that tone, but you want to make sure that you maintain it. So you want to do it, you know, once a week, once every other week, um, and just kind of make sure that you aren't losing it. Right, 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 right. Yes. Okay. That makes total sense. So that makes me feel better about it. Now, <laughs> there have been some questions about like, why not just use like a jade egg, which is something else that people use to strengthen their floor. Again, the jade egg is just helping you to maybe clench on something rather than doing it for you. Like you still have to do a kegel with a jade egg, correct? Right. Well, the idea behind it is yes, you have to. Um, a lot of, again, you might be clenching the wrong muscles to keep that in there. Um, and there are different, um, opinions on the jade egg on the yoni egg. Um, I won't specifically get into that. There is a great doctor. Her date, her name is Dr. Jen. Um, and she's, she goes uh, very deep into, um, yoni eggs Mm -hmm. and talks about the benefits the pros and cons of them. Um, and if you're thinking about that, like I'm all for, I'm all for pelvic floor health and initiating that, that self care. Um, just make sure, you know, like if you're looking into the yard lab, make sure that you do your research, make sure that you look around, um, and you find what suits best for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And just really the bottom line is you just want to see people's pelvic floor dysfunction restored because that's really what we're after because, Again, it's not just about sexual health and even like urinary incontinence, which is linked to a whole bunch of other things. But like it's a full body picture of like everything flowing and working together. It's a big deal. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. I'm all for it because I think that it's so important to have that well-being restored because I think that, you know, as women, we kind of deserve that. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. It changes. It really does change the game. And I'm not just saying that. So this is me living this and going through it and trying out the yard lap specifically for me, which has worked really well. But um, in general, what are your top three tips in strengthening our pelvic floor? And then I want to know, like, what have you heard or found personally in your own life? Like, just give us some testimonials about some big things that you've helped people or you've seen people change based on strengthening their pelvic floor. Yeah. So my big thing is when you're trying to initiate the pelvic floor, it's really, really hard to do it when you're tense or when you're anxious. And um, I think that for me, make sure that when you're trying to do all of this, you're relaxed, that you're mm-hmm. um, that you're not like your whole body isn't just completely clenched and you're anxious. Because I know sometimes when I'm trying to do something, I'll, I'll, I will take a deep breath and relax and I'll realize like my shoulders were hunched and I was like hunched over my computer um, and probably looking somewhat like a caveman. Right. And so just make sure that your body is a little bit more relaxed, that you're feeling okay. And um, so that's tip one. The first one is 
to make sure, again, the string thing, the kegels, make sure that you're doing that. This The third tip would be to relax the pelvic floor muscle as well because to have total control of your pelvic floor muscle, you want to be able to clench and relax on command. So like how you're thinking of the string attached to your pelvic floor from the top of your head and you're pulling that string up, Mm -hmm. you also want to be able to like relax and let that string go down and be able to control it as it goes down until it finally is completely relaxed. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot harder than you would think because some people just like drop it Mm -hmm. and being able to like slowly release that string and slowly relax is a lot harder than you would think. And I think that a lot of people need to work on that as well. So that would be like my third tip for pelvic floor health is be able to like not only clench on, on command, but also relax uh-huh. command as well. Those are like really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. What are some testimonials you found? Um, my, I, I have a lot, Yeah, <laughs> but I think that one of my favorites is, um, we had a woman who uh, was incontinent for a very long time. She was younger, and she had absolutely no idea why she was having this issue. Um, and she wasn't particularly athletic. Um, she had never had kids, but she still, like, was peeing herself. It was really bad during sex. And, like, it wasn't – she said, you know, it's not even sexy mm-hmm. because we all know that it's pee, and it's just, like – it's embarrassing. Right. And she couldn't wear pants that had belts on them or buttons on them because she couldn't get them off in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she used the Yarlap and within two weeks, she was able to hold her bladder for 15 minutes after that urge to go kicked in. Wow. And she was like, I'm able to go and buy like all these different kinds of pants. Like I'm so excited. And, and like, just to hear that, like, was amazing because a lot of us just kind of take granted that we can hold it for a little bit. And within two weeks she had gotten like some, she had gotten that control back and, and I like cried when I read it (laughs) because I, I can't imagine the frustration that she was living in before it. Mm -hmm. And then to get something And just basically look at it and go, well, this is like a final hope. This is like a Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. And for it to work um, made me so unbelievably happy. Um, And I like kept that testimonial in like a little file on my computer. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a crazy story though. I mean like life changed, right? Right. And it's – and we have so many different stories that are like it where it's just they got this because it was just like – well, might as well. Like, mm-hmm. what have I got to lose? And then it actually works, and it says what it's going to do. Um, and and for me, when I get stuff like that, and I hear stories like that, it makes me really, really happy. And it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, this girl was she was younger, um, and by like younger, she's like in her thirties. And then we had somebody who's in their seventies who went to bed at night and would pee and mm-hmm. soak through her pants. And, um, and she was like, this is so embarrassing. Um, I'm ter- like, you know, it, I don't want my husband to know, but she, he clearly knows and that sucks. And I feel like I'm too old to be doing something. Well, first of all, age doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> like you're never too old to try to self care. You're never too old to like try to help yourself in the health department. Uh-huh. And, um, she got it and it's the same thing. Like within a few weeks, 
she was down to like a panty liner that she hardly ever even leaked in. Right. And then like slowly those, those, uh, those calls slowly started turning into like, Oh my God, I, I, I now having like better sex than I did when I was 50. And like the craziest stories, like sometimes she would go into like detail and it's just the greatest thing because they have like this newfound confidence uh-huh. and I'm all about that. Like I, I love it. I think that it's so great that, that you took the initiative to help yourself. And then all of a sudden you've got this new confidence, this new self-esteem that can't be broken. And I, I love that. And I'm so happy to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. And I think that sometimes we just wrap up all these pelvic floor dysfunctions as like urinary incontinence, but it's, it can be so much worse than that. And sometimes we're not even linking it. So it's so cool to see those and to see and recognize that there are a lot of women out there and men who suffer from this. And yet there's great solutions too that can help. And it goes to show what prevention can do. So we don't end up like one of those women, right? Yeah, there's a lot of like preventative measures that you can do. So again, making sure that you're toned, you're good. Um, and it, again, like it's just never too late to to take initiative mm-hmm. to help yourself. Um, and I, that's another break, a heartbreaking thing is, you know, we'll, we'll get some people who are a little older that'll call in and they're like, well, will it help me? I'm blank age. And I want to be like, yes, it'll help you. You're good. You're right. Right. High five for even like calling and asking. And, um, and I, I wish everybody kind of had that, that initiative, you know, to take care of themselves in a preventative or like a treatment kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. So cool what it can do. And so that's our encouragement with this This is really why I wanted to have you back on was to just share some more information about this and to bring light to a subject again, that's so taboo and maybe not even talked about and, yet such a huge, huge problem. Um, and one that can be fixed and prevented in such easy and simple ways. And not even just like we said, pelvic dysfunction, but like how that, um, interferes with the entire body system as a whole. So, so cool. Thank you so much for being on and sharing this information again. It's been a blast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I always love coming and like talking to you. It's like, it's so much fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad before you go though. I do have a few quick fire questions. We did these last time, so I'm going to change them up a little bit on you, and then I'm going to have you tell us where we can learn more about you. Okay. So ready. are you ready? <laughs> okay. Since we talked last, have you found any new resources in health, books, um, products that you really love and you want to tell us about? Oh, my gosh. I'm such a creature of habit. I. <laughs> that's okay. Sometimes that's right. Like, I just feel like I'm in the same. I When I find something that works, I just kind of stick with it. Um, so I don't, I don't think so. I think same old, same old. Same old, same old. Okay. What is – have you read any new books that you really like lately? Um, I'm currently reading – I know this is a, a weird book, but I'm reading um, Bad Blood – have you heard of that? I haven't heard of it. I maybe have heard of it, but I haven't read it's, it. What's it about? It's about the Elizabeth Holmes startup with Thanos okay. and how it was it how it kind of came to be and unraveled. And um I just started it like yesterday, but I'm slowly kinda of getting in like the nonfiction world. I uh-huh. was in the I was in the fiction world for a very long time. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's fun to mix it up though and like try something. Oh yeah. I mean, I read Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants. Uh-huh. We talked about that last time I was on here, but like, I, I love that book. Like that, 
I was on to like memoirs for a really long time because of that book. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. So funny. Okay. Last question. What's the best piece of advice you could leave us with today? Um, besides do your kegels, I think don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. Is that like you're here and you're trying your best, like, and you made it out of bed today, or if you didn't make it out of bed today, you're just, you're here and that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing great. And yeah. I think that we're very, very hard on ourselves, especially with social media. I feel like we're always comparing ourselves. Um, and like, oh, I bet that that person has like the life of luxury or whatever. And it's like, everybody has their own set of problems. Like, just be nice to yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, you're going so much of your own crap. Like, you're okay. Right. And just like work through it. Get there when you get there. Nobody, like, you're not on a race against anybody. Um, and if you think you are, it's all in your head. Uh-huh. And yeah. I think that the best, I think that the best advice I could leave with you is like, just be nice to yourself. Yeah. I think that's such good advice. Like you said, we're so hard on ourselves and we just push ourselves to do more and do more and do more rather than just like slowing down and enjoying who we are or who we've become. So thank you so much for reminding us of that. Okay. Lastly, tell us where they can learn more about you and the Yard Lab. Um, <laughs> so you can learn more about the Yard Lab by going to our website at yarlap.com. We're also on Amazon. Um, and we are just an in-style magazine for urinary oh, incontinence. Wow. Treatment. That's pretty awesome. I know. I know. I, again, I cried when I saw it. I was so excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, you can learn from us like on all of our social media at yarlap underscore OTC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm one of the three people that does the social media. So chances are you're going to be talking to me if you DM us. Yeah. And reach out, ask questions. I know I've had a lot of listeners um, reach out to you and you have been more than helpful. So thank you so much for being there and being a voice in the subject and someone that people can talk to because sometimes that's what we need is just to have someone help us in the situation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and letting me like speak and have a platform on to talk to. So thank you. Of course. Okay. That's a lot on pelvic health. And obviously I geeked out during the entire show because I think it's such a critical thing that women and men need to take more seriously. And I think it can really change so much about people's health. Like she said, like the statistics about bladder incontinence and sexual dysfunction and our mentality is astonishing, right? Like the rates of depression and anxiety and other mental disorders when it relates to like women and men not having orgasms or erectile dysfunction and um, bladder control, like the rates of depression behind all of those things are astonishing. Like those mean so much to the health of our body. And like I said, that posture piece and how it has to do with energy inside the body. I mean, that is just something that I want to talk more about later on and is really worth taking note of. And the simple fix is just to get a Yarlap. Of course, you can do kegels, try them out. But remember, you have to have the right posture and squeezing the right muscles, contracting is probably a more professional word, um, the right muscles in order to achieve the results that you really need to. And it needs to be done consistently. So do that, focus on it. And I can assure you, you're going to see great change. Even if you don't suffer from anything, the preventative necessity is huge. Like I said, it's always easier to better something that isn't broken than try to fix something that is. So make sure you start doing that. Take care of your pelvic floor. 
It really does make a difference. And don't forget to head on over to the show notes, simforitswellness.com backslash 143 to get more information on Mary Ellen, where to find the URL app, that discount code, and other things that I'm loving when it comes to things below the belt that I think all women should know. Yes, we're talking about other products that I feel could really make a difference as well. So head on over to the show notes to get more information about that. Check out the Yarlap at yarlap.com. Follow them on social media at Yarlap. And make sure you use the code Alexa for $25 off and free shipping at checkout. Okay, that is it for today. I will see you back here next week. In the meantime, have a good week.